Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Filter Photography Podcast. It's a bit game showy, but there's nothing game showy about this episode. This episode is special though, because as you probably saw from the title, it's the first episode with a special guest. My good friend, Luke Henry, we sat down and we had an on-the-record chinwag of sorts. This was totally on the record. We don't have many off-the-record conversations, but if we do, we would have them. But this is a rare on-the-record conversation. We talked about film photography. We talked about comparisons between when he's playing bass and when he's doing photography. And we also talked about what to look for when you're buying old film cameras and stuff like that. But I want to thank everyone that submitted questions for me to ask Luke. Um, obviously, I could speak to him all day. He's a good mate. He's a good guy. Beautiful set, beautiful head of hair. You know, once uh, I said to Henry, um, "You know, that's a really nice, that's a really nice head of hair." I don't, I don't think I said that. I don't think I complimented on his hair. I would compliment him on his hair, but what I did was I said. Hey, everyone, if we raise, I think it was like 500 bucks. If we raise 500 bucks, Luke Henry will shave his head. And Henry wrote back and was like, I'm not doing that. It was never agreed. It was never even discussed. He has a beautiful head of hair. He knows it. I know it. We all know it. Yeah, I just want to thank everyone that sent in questions because there were heaps and I wasn't surprised. Uh, but it's my first guest. And so I was like, I'm not sure if, um, you know, people want another interview format on a podcast, but let me know what you think. I think we really can't lose with this episode. But thanks for sending them in. I had some of my own. I asked the best that I could find out of the ones that I sent in. I'm sorry if yours isn't in there. I couldn't ask them all. I wanted to. I really wanted to. Um, well, I wanted to ask most of them. There was one or two. I was like, eh. Well, like, they were explicit. Were they explicit? I don't know. I think they might have been explicit. There was like a reason. You know what? There was one question I didn't ask that I, that I had on my list. It was, what's your favorite source? And I could talk to this legend all day. Henry's one of those people that you know is just you just sit down you just you know have a beer we didn't have a beer we had salad bread rolls which were delicious uh but henry is one of the two people that got me started with music photography just one of two people if it wasn't for him i wouldn't be doing half the things that i'm doing so i owe him a lot and it's a real big honor for me to call him a friend and so what better person to have on the first interview style of the Filter Photography Podcast? So I'll just stop talking about him. He can talk for himself and I'll talk to him as well. I'll still be there on the other side of this. So instead of me talking about him, I'll just let you listen. So what's the enlarger you got? Uh, um, it's, I, don't even, I can't remember the brand, but... Um... It's an epic one. It does like four by five and um, I've got f frames for four by five, six by seven, six by six and 35 mil. 
Because you've been doing 4x5 for a bit now, hey? Yeah, I've been doing 4x5, but I suck at it. So <laughs> I just haven't had like a good way of developing it. So it's been very unmotivating. And like the camera, I've got a speed graphic camera, but it's like it's fun, but it's, it's kind of like I get better results from medium format because the lens in it's not great. And so <laughs> that, that's the kids. <laughs> Somebody got stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what makes no it? No more sharp knives, kids. <laughs> Put the knives down. <laughs> at least don't point them at each other. It's um, all right. Just not in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what makes 4x5 harder? Is it just like the, the stuff because it's older or? Uh, well, it's just like a whole process. Like, And I'm, I've got, you know, a stoner's memory, so. I ne- like the last time I tried to shoot it, I did it for this like video channel, like a YouTube channel. This guy asked me to come and shoot for it. And I like, um, I forgot, uh, which negatives, like which, which, which holders I had put film in and which ones I hadn't. So I shot some holders. I shot some shots with no film and I, <laughs> and I shot, I shot over the top. Like I did a double exposure on a photo that I had taken of Psychroptic. Yeah. So this guy, Nick, um, who's a large format photographer, I took a portrait of him. So he's now the fifth member or sixth member of um, Psychroptic. <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, yeah, and then I did, uh, I tried again. I like asked the guy, I was like, oh man, I totally kooked that. Like messed up the development, like sh- shot blank frames, shot over the top of another one. And then I was like, oh, come back out, we'll try again. And then that time I didn't bring the, the holder from like the quick release plate for my tripod. So I'm like trying to shoot four by five handheld <laughs> and like, you know, it's Did like, you try and make it look like you remembered the plate. Like, cause sometimes yeah. when I like oh, yeah, I do yeah, yeah. a really bad mistake and I just like put it on top and yeah. I'm like, I can't have, yeah, no, I did that. I did that. And I was shooting on a Petsville lens, which is a F 3.5 on large format. So it's like the shallowest of shallowest focal. And I'm like trying to focus and then hold it in that spot. So I haven't I haven't been bothered to develop them the photos because I'm just like <laughs> that's just so depressing. And then like the last shot I took on that, like the I went to I closed it up and was like, sweet, that'll be a pretty cool one. And then when I pulled the um pulled the the dark slide, I mean not the dark slide, pulled the film holder out of the back of the camera, the negative had fallen out into the camera. You know, so it's just <laughs> at disaster after disaster. Yeah, and then and then when I got back, I um, I couldn't remember which which holders I shot and what because I had I didn't mark them because I forgot to bring a pen, and so I've got like these negatives in these holders that I don't know what's what. I don't know if it's been shot, whether it hasn't been shot. Yeah. So I'm just like really need to work on my process for that. So yeah, it's just um, it, when it, when you have so many so many things to think about, it's like a whole nother realm of you know concentration and yeah yeah because yeah. it'll all be like a, a record-based sort of thing yeah and know? like and even like you need to i'm pretty sure i shot some at like um different different um isos like different film speed like i was like oh it's 200 speed film but i i need to pull it i don't know which frames was that i don't know which one was which <laughs> so you I didn't develop them all differently yeah. i'm like ah, oh, that's just cool <laughs> they're gonna look awesome <laughs> Well, now I understand why you understood so much when I shot that whole roll at Laneway and had the lens cap on yeah. after we discussed how bad would it be if you shot a roll with yeah, the lens like, cap I got, on. I got one frame left and then you're like, <laughs> click, 
I did it again. <laughs> I reckon Holgers shouldn't have those sort of like I don't know what they call, but the the view the view things from the side. Oh, the rangefinders. Yeah, I want to I want to see what's going through the lens, so yeah. I know if the lens cap's on. I think <laughs> yeah. that's a fair thing. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't did. care if the camera's sixty bucks or not. Figure yeah. out a way to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or just don't come with a lens cap, just like no lens cap. <laughs> and then I think security got in a fight with Will that that uh, tour and there wasn't enough security on there. And Will was like saying to him afterwards, oh, you know, you should have put more security on. And I've got like one photo I remember coming over to you being like, I think I got this really cool photo. But it looks like Will's about to hug him, not getting really. So it's, it's not even, it doesn't tell a story anyway. So I've got like 14 blanks. And then one where Will looks real happy with this guy, which was not the case at all. <laughs> all right, let's get into questions. Right. Um, all right, tell me, let's, let's start off with the basics. I probably know all these answers, but feel free to elaborate in full. Sure. Um, okay, so tell me how you started, got started with photography and like as a, you know, film as a wider sort of thing, like not necessarily just film. Yeah, well, I started out shooting film like when I first started shooting my when I was maybe fifteen or something like that, um, maybe even younger. My mum did a photography course at TAFE, and so she bought a film SLR. I think it was a Pentax Z10 or something, and um, she she didn't really use it that much. She did the course and like took me out and made me climb trees really really, really high and dangerous trees for me to sit in so she could take a photo. <laughs> and, uh, and then, um, and then, yeah, when she wasn't using it, I'd, I used to have to do chores and I'd get $15 a week pocket money and so I'd spend that on getting film and, you know, shoot a roll and get it developed. And, and yeah, that was sort of – because, like, I, I lived up on my, – my dad was a builder, so he built this extravagant house up on this – hill in Cornubia down in Logan and um like it was ages away from any of my friends so like no one no one could come over I think Luke Bordham tried to come over one time but his parents car couldn't make it up the hill so (laughs) so we had to go halfway down and pick him up so you know I was like (laughs) I spent most of my teenage years in this house with no friends around and nothing to do but walk around the bush taking photos of cigarette packets and drains and burnt out cars and stuff is that why you like like outdoor type of stuff yeah maybe that's where it comes from yeah 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 Yeah. so yeah that's where i you know started you know shooting and then um then i ended up getting a job uh out of high school in for productions company working on like documentaries and um doing heaps of assisting stuff with that and then Eventually got a job with the newspaper and started shooting for them heaps and that was cool. What kind of like assignments did they send you on? Well, I was the um, the loser advertising photographer. So I had to take <laughs> photos of like perfume and yeah. the car yards and all that stuff. And then I'd get the like reject stories, you know, where like the real photographer was completely booked out and had no time to shoot it and it didn't matter anyway because it was just a story about some guy getting swooped by magpies or something <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's how i would um that's how, yeah, that's how i started getting more the more actual portrait stuff and then brad marcellus actually i don't do you know brad 
I've heard, I've heard his name. Yeah, he's an awesome shooter as well. He, yeah. Um, he used to work for the um, same newspaper, Quest newspapers. Oh, yeah. And he um, helped me get a job at the the Brisbane in the Brisbane spot, the Metro. I think it was the Brisbane City News or something, Metro paper, whatever it was. I can't remember. But um, Yeah, because they were all sort of region-based, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And then he yeah, – so he got, helped me get a job in there and sort of – took me under his wing and took me out on a bunch of shoots and helped me heaps, which was rad. Magpie shoots or juicy Magpie shoots. Magpie shoots, yeah. yeah and like, Because and, and Barking Dog Man's made a comeback as well. I know, I saw him? that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they would have sent you like, oh, it's been nine years. It's such an odd time to go like, yeah. it's been nine years, let's upset my clock and it's telling me we've got to revisit him. Yeah, bring back the dog man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guy's a genius. Yeah. So why, why film specifically? Uh, well, you know, I, I guess like, when the band got really busy and stuff, uh, you know, it, I find photography can be quite a distraction from what I should be doing. You know, I should be playing bass, but half the time I end up messing around with cameras. And um, I found that film helped me ha- make sure I had a purpose to shoot, you know, like it was more shoot medium format. So I've got 10, 10 to 12 shots and why am I out shooting? What am I shooting? You know, what's the reason why I'm shooting? It's less like just grabbing a camera and blasting away at whatever and then spending a million hours on my laptop um, avoiding my children editing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah, film gave me a bit more of a focus and like a direction and, um, yeah, and, and it was, it was, it's been really cool to like go back to what I originally started shooting on and, and and learn that process again and fully learn like you know really try and have appreciation for where photography started and where where it all came from and how it all works which i think makes my when i do shoot digital i shoot a lot better now on my digital photos than i did before shooting film maybe because it's it's a slower process and it really makes you concentrate on you know every aspect of it you know what film you're shooting on speeds and you know all your settings and exposures and metering and everything like that so um it really helped me it was like a forced education yeah yeah, yeah. And i i don't think i've seen you with a digital camera in hand like i'm sure you probably do it but i've never seen you the last like few years anyway walking around the last time i remember you were showing me how the sony a7 i think you had at the time like focused on the back and outline the focus points and ever yeah. since then like that seems like your worst nightmare now yeah like, yeah i mean yeah, man you should see my a7 now god it's uh, i'll never be able to sell that thing it's so trashed oh like, is it must have lost a lot of respect for it or something <laughs> and it's just <laughs> it's beaten the hell out of all the all the all the pieces are starting to come off it and yeah, the poor thing really copped a beating. Worn in. Yeah. Like I think maybe the Pentax six, seven just crushed it in the case or something. Yeah. Cause they're heavy, right? Yeah. It's heavy, man. Yeah. Oh, that and the RZ six, seven. Whew, that's a beast. That one. I remember you lugging that out to the, um, the soccer fields <laughs> when we shot the Soho clip Yeah, yeah. and you're carrying it around. It was stinking hot day. And I was like, oh. man, your game. I was like, that left, that still- left shoulder sagging a bit, bro. <laughs> It's never been the same. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about you buying a lot of cameras before, before we even started. And like every time, it's almost like you've got a fortnightly subscription to a camera exchange 
<laughs> thing that you run yourself. Yeah. You're always like, I got this camera. I can't believe how cheap it, how cheap I got it. Yeah. And you just seem to find these deals. Like, what do you look for when you decide, you know, is this worth buying or not? Apart from the brand, like you go, am I going to sort of use this? Is this? Yeah. Well, I mean, the part of the fun of doing that is uh, I love buying a cheap camera. And you I mean like some of the cameras I get, I get them really cheap and it's like, what can you buy for 50 bucks these days, you know? And I can, I get a camera and then clean it up, make it look nice again and get it all working good. And then I shoot a roll of film on it. So I get to see how the camera works and how, how the pictures turn out. And, and that's fun in itself, you know, that's worth 50 bucks to me, you know, and then I try and, and then have the fun of trying to sell it and maybe make a bit of money so I can buy some more film or something like that, you know, and I always try and sell it for less than what they're actually worth anyway, you know, so it, people get a deal when they buy them and, and I, I've had a bit of fun with them. So it's kind of win-win for everyone. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I always look for, I always look for cameras. A lot of the time I look for stuff that I haven't, haven't shot before. So I get to have a play with it, you know? And um, yeah. So, and there's like, there's always the cult ones, you know, the ones that you see people talk about and, you know, someone's done a story about this camera or a view or whatever and they look cool, you know, they've got aesthetically, they look rad, you know, so it's always just fun. I just want to tinker with them, you know, that's the, that's part of the excitement for me is being able to have a How do you tell if it's in like good condition though? Like, because you hear all these horror stories of things and I spoke on like the last episode about how fungus can just spread like crazy when you think you've gotten rid of it. Yeah. Like, how do you tell what you're buying is a, a decent piece that isn't going to corrupt your whole camera bag? Yeah, well, I, you know, I ask a lot of questions when I, um, when I buy cameras. So it's always like, you know, does it have fungus haze or, um, you know, is the shutter working? What are the battery terminals like? Stuff like that, you know, all the things that corrode over time and, you know, just get lots of pictures sent to me and then once I'm confident that it's going to be all right. But, I mean, I've got a, a – behind you is a massive box of cameras that never worked out. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, yeah, maybe actually there's three boxes. <laughs> that expanded very quickly. <laughs> Tell Jazz. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, it's always a gamble, I think, like when you, when you get them and when you buy anything secondhand and it's so hard because they're not a common sort of thing. Like you can, you can Google online and with digital cameras, you can see then and there, but you can't take a test shot and then turn around and develop it and go, oh, this isn't how it's meant to be. So I guess that's probably the gamble that you like about film photography. Yeah, that's right. It's part of the excitement. You get ones that you're like, oh, this one's going to be awesome. It looks like it's in great condition. And you get it and you're like, it's totally screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I, bought, I bought a um, Nikon F3 one time um, and I thought it was just the body and um, and I took a gamble on it. And yeah, the guy had like, stripped it for parts but didn't failed to mention that <laughs> and like so like it didn't have a mirror like in the slr so it was missing the mirror the um battery terminal part was broken and was everything everything that could have could have been broken on it was broken and i i was like well that's a cool mantelpiece one. This <laughs> <laughs> is a memory of that time yeah, that guy yeah. took me to the cleaners yeah. but it can work the other way like remember when i went to that russian guy's place in Melbourne, I don't know where it was, and I went up there and the guy had one single bed and no other possessions. That's right. <laughs> and he had his kid's name on the wall in like those little toddler 
bricks. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, you know, how long you lived here? He's like, oh, not long. Um, my son also lives here sometimes. And I was like, oh, how old is he? And he said like 16. And it didn't match up with the toddler bricks on the wall. And he had like all these cameras and he's like, I just got to get rid of him. I'm like, I'm not asking questions. So I was like, I'll give you 900 bucks for this RZ. And then I got it back and you were like, oh, that lens on the front of that. It's like a tilt shift one. Yeah, and that you're like, epic. that's worth like more, more than, than yeah. I paid for yeah, the whole yeah. kit. That lens is sick. Yeah, I need you to um, give it a spin because I have no idea how to use it. Yeah, I'd love to play with that thing. <laughs> I just I just use you as my teacher. I'm like, hey, I bought this thing. I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what battery fit in that. Yeah, have you still have you still sorted that battery yet? Uh, I have the information. Right. <laughs> I haven't done anything with the battery. Yeah, I think I'm that was, said battery. We might be pushing eight months on that little battery <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah, I know. But maybe next time Soho do a clip. I'll bring it out. Just make sure you do it in summer so you yeah. can see me really struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, forget your monopod so you get nothing arrested on. Yeah, and if I do if I do remember my monopod, I won't bring the plate yeah, in that's, honor of you. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's always a win. What's your favorite film stuff? Like, what it, what do you like to shoot with? Ilford Pan F is the one that I, every time I pull it out and look at it, I'm like, God damn, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's slow film, so fine grain, but it's just, full of character so every time i get a roll back from that there's always a, a bunch of shots on there that i just love you know so yeah i always go to that one and um and uh yeah i mean for color the kodak portrait is really awesome but i don't really shoot a lot of color um yeah i mean i have been lately now that i can process color better at home what, so, did, what were you missing that you had to get to be able to shoot like to develop color here I mean, I could always do it. I could always, there was, I wasn't really missing anything, but it was just the process was frustrating because you have to maintain 38 degrees um, in the water temperature and the chemicals um, to get a, you know, consistent development. And that's kind of hard. It was weird. I could get it to 37 and it just would like never go to 38. No matter how many times I boiled the jug and poured it into the sink, it was just like, 37.3. Yep. Get to 38, you bastard. No. So that little amount is like a big difference. Yeah, well, I don't or know like- how much of a difference it is, but I just knew that I wasn't ever going to get consistent results because I couldn't maintain, I could just could not maintain 38 degrees for three and a half minutes. Just It just would be waving all over the place. I'd put some more hot water in and then temperature would drop and then I'd try and put some more in. So the temperature is going up and down all over the place. God knows what the temperature actually was inside the developing tank. So, um, yeah, but now I bought a, I bought a Jobo processor. So that controls the temperatures for me. So it can maintain con- consistent 38 degrees. Oh, sick. So now I can do anything, you know, any, any type of development I want, yeah, which awesome. is really cool. Yeah. So that was the main reason why you were shooting a lot of black and white stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, black and white's a little bit easier um, when it comes to temperatures and there's a lot more lenience in that as well. But even now I'll get way better, way more consistent results with using that processor, Yeah, even for my black and white stuff, which is really cool, like because agitation's more, like is fully consistent over the whole development as well. So can really, I can really start to experiment better, you know, and get, have way more control over the results that I'm getting, which is pretty exciting for me. You're like a mad scientist. 
Mm, yeah. Developer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next purchase is going to be a gas mask. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the chemicals like? Like that is, I read like some horror stories that they're like dangerous and other people are like, nah, they're not any more dangerous than walking down the street. Yeah. I mean, but walking down the street, sniffing, like, you know, chroming, you know, that's that's yeah. probably that was probably the user. That's probably pretty dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> the username Chroma sixty nine yeah. probably. Yeah. That was yeah. a dead giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you're doing that, then yeah, it's probably not much da- more dangerous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, they're not too bad. They're not too bad. But um, you know, I'm, I try and be really responsible with my chemicals. Like I, I have an air conditioner and an extraction fan, and um, and I, I have big storage containers for my spent chemicals. And once I haven't filled them yet, um, but once they're full, then I'll take them to a proper chemical disposal place and have them properly um, disposed and all the silver retrieved and stuff like that. Yeah, um, awesome. You know, so you know it is important when you when you're using chemicals and stuff like that that you you are responsible with them and try and do the right thing for the environment and for yourself. You know, or give it to your local chroma. Yeah, local yeah. chromas <laughs> love them. They make a bit of money off it. We got some submitted questions uh, through people on Instagram that are curious about. I know you're so accessible to people on social media, which is sick, but uh, people still had some burning questions. Um, I guess maybe they just like following me. Yeah, uh, I think so. Most yeah. people do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because normally it's me beefing with people that in between like creams, creams and ice blocks. There was that controversy. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. Did you see that guy said he would love to take a metal bat to my head because mm. he'd get hard over hitting it and knowing that it won't cave in, it'll just get bigger. Yeah, that was one of my highlights of last year, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume all these questions are from people that more follow about the creams and then yeah, you know, I, think go, so. oh, I haven't got around to asking Henry about this and so they want to use the podcast. I reckon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's assumed. So Luminal Art, uh, Liminal Art, is the first person and they want to know where do you get your inspiration from for your projects? Um, well, yeah, you know, I guess that's like, like I was saying before about, um, when I moved to film and trying to always ask myself the question of what am I shooting? Why am I shooting it? Why am I investing my time into this? Um, so, you know, I have a lot of inspiration from uh, a bunch of other artists as well, like, you know, Craig Tuffin um, from down the Gold Coast, Tweed, Tweedway. He's a, um, he's a huge inspiration for me. And he, he always, he's always, you know, got something to say in his, in his photos. And so, you know, I think it's important to, if you have a platform, like, you know, I've been blessed with, with the band and stuff, you know, I think sometimes it's important to be able to use those, that platform to maybe shed a light on something, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I love photojournalism and I guess coming from the paper, there's a bit of the background in that. And, um, so having a story is, is, is always important to me. So, um, you know, and I, and I, and I like to, sh- I like to try and shoot what's around me as well, you know, like, uh, document, uh, my, my area and, um, the, the things that I see and, like for the one of the projects that I did, the rooftops one that was at the Laneway Festival, um, it was one of the things that I noticed um, on my travels and stuff, seeing homeless people and um, trying to shed a light on that and that issue and use my photography as a way to 
one, celebrate art, but also, you know, use that as a platform that for people to buy cool stuff to put on their wall, but then use it to fund giving the money to a charity that can help these homeless people as well. So it's kind of, you get the best of both worlds, you know. So a lot of the inspiration I have comes from just stuff I see and, and then I guess other artists like Diane Arbus and photographers like that who had that way of crossing fine art with a story and photojournalists in in a you know small way I guess I don't know yeah 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 I hear you on that um Lockie Brown photo asked what's the story about your favorite photo do you have like something that springs to mind that you've taken and what's the story behind that like one of my photos yeah Um, I think I took a photo of um, setting fire to your foot one time. (laughs) (laughs) Did that ever show up? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't even know if I saw the photo. I think taking the photo was probably about just as fun as seeing it. I didn't even need to see the photo. I I don't know. Who put the alcohol on it? (laughs) Watching your foot catch on fire was just one of the best things. Yeah, it's that one and that one that Chris, uh, Chris wanted the other week. And he like where we had our pants down, leaning up against the wall, like we were getting frisked. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where they are. They're probably on those plates that you didn't document properly. Probably. Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. hope so. <laughs> if not, I might let you do it again. <laughs> um, well, okay. So, what do you have? Like a favorite photo that sticks out from someone else, and what did you love about it? Um. Just pause for dramatic effect. Yeah, I'll um, add some of that. Um, yeah, it's let's just sixty so, seconds call. Yeah, let's <laughs> just cut to a break for a second. <laughs> <laughs> cut to an ad, quick. Get one of your sponsors up. Well, um, well, we have. Welcome to Shannondale here. Yeah, that that that's great. Let's go with that one. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So the front cover for the book by um, Tom Tom Ramsey is uh, absolutely classic. Um, Welcome to Shannondale. The Australia you don't see on postcards. That book is epic, and the front cover with the dude with the massive beard, awesome hat, his shirt's unbuttoned, he's holding the case of Melbourne bitter. He's got his keys to his Falcon in his hand. He's about to put the case in the back of his car. Looks like it's a stinking hot day. That is absolutely perfect. One of the best portraits ever. I love his glasses case and how it's sort of like weighing down and almost exposing his nipple. Yeah, I don't reckon he's got glasses in there. I reckon that's his spare change because he's got some serious <laughs> weight happening in that thing. <laughs> I just also like how the font on the front says, welcome to the Shannondale, and then everything else is pretty much illegible yeah. below that <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of the font choice. It's yeah. very decorative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um Jack Morin wanted to know what similarities or parallels do you draw between playing bass and doing photography? Oh, I thought this was a good question, but I was like, question. I want to know yeah. what your answer is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just same. I just follow the kick drum when I take photos. <laughs> yeah, just find a gap between when people are talking and kick drum in my head. And that's, you know, that's the similarity right there. Is there like a flow? Because... Like, I mean, I often say to people, like, the best part for me about music photography is, like, understanding that the band changes things a little bit on stage as opposed to the recording. 
And so understanding where a band's likely to do that is like there's, it just ebbs and flows sort of thing. And sure. that for me is, is um, I don't know, is there anything that... No, there is. I, like the, I find the same thing. The, the parallels between music and photography for me is that it's, a, it's kind of like escapism, you know. It's like there's a space that you can get to when you're playing bass or playing any instrument where everything else fades away and what you're doing in that moment is all that matters. And it's kind of the same thing with photography. Uh, for me, you know, I'll be shooting and then all of a sudden I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just I'm focused on what I'm doing and, uh, yeah, everything else seems to fade away and I've just I've got this one tunnel vision of the shot that I'm doing and everything that I'm thinking about. And, yeah, so it's kind of like an escape from reality even when you're capturing reality you know yeah 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 uh how'd you first get your film developed when you're living up on that um hill that boredom couldn't get to and needed yeah. a, an airport transfer yeah, almost yeah. to get to the top logan paradise <laughs> uh, it was a long long walk down to the logan hyperdome big w uh, or? yeah something like that big yeah. w or kmart or whatever it was you drop your film off and then you wait 24 hours and they'll bring it back i think is yeah what I remember yeah and then yeah yeah yeah, and get the get the four by six prints and yeah, flick through them. And I, I was even a hybrid photographer back then. I was still scanning them and manipulating them on the computer. Like, oh yeah, putting like horrible fisheye effects on all the photos. <laughs> that, that sepia look, yeah, you know, the sepia, yeah, sepia on all that stuff. stuff yep. And I was like, oh, I remember a friend of mine bought like a digital camera when they first came out. It lasted like ten photos on batteries before we realized you needed lithium. Yeah. and it was like it always put sepia tones on them but in camera and i'm like you could just do that post right if you really if you wanted sepia yep. which i probably wouldn't think anyone would want right it's no. so like halfway between black and white unless yeah. we're in a western it's like you dropped it in your cup of coffee or something yeah exactly <laughs> maybe that's how it should be done oh shit uh staff 84 i assume born in 1984 is that a safe assumption i reckon yeah, yeah yeah nice work staff Rad photographer, amazing musician, and vegan. No question, just a bloody great dude. Sweet. I feel like I agree with staff, and so I included it even though there was nothing to know there. Thanks, man. Yeah. Ledge. Where's your favorite vegan place? Uh, in, in Queensland? Hit me. What comes to the top of your head? Oh, there's that new place, Grass Fed, in, um, in West End. That place is awesome. Where is it? Like near Boundary Street sort of thing? It's in uh, Fish Lane. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and they've got amazing burgers, good shakes, and yeah, heaps of rad stuff. That's I've only, I only went there once, but just went there the other day. It's, oh, yeah? It's great. It's really good. Crowbar yeah. Sydney has a, a vegan, like a plant-based place out the back of They're Murder just Eats. rubbing it in my face, aren't they? They're you see like, that Parmigiana burger? Oh, my God. It looks so good. <laughs> I said to Emily yesterday, all I can think about is this Parmigiana burger. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> I tried you bastard. Well, as, you know what's not fair on myself. I went there two times and I didn't eat it. Oh, I didn't eat anything. Disgraceful. There. I don't know what I was doing to myself. It was like one of those things. I was just so busy, oh, but I feel no. like I should have said to Trad, in order for me to do these venue photos, I need to understand yes, the food. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what you should have done, man. What are you thinking? Yeah, I know. remember when Five Dogs was in the back of that Crowbar Brisbane. That was real good. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> Just, just thinking like, that's like such a ridiculous watching, concept now. I know, just like people watching black metal band like smashing this five dogs, like the funniest <laughs> side ever, like goth, goths eating hot dogs. There's a series in that. 
<laughs> yeah, we totally should do that. If anyone doesn't know what Five Dogs is, it's a vegan. Uh, well, it offers vegan stuff. That's right. Um, in Fortitude Valley, it's a, definitely the place you stop off and and smash one. If um, Crowbar doesn't offer a Five Dogs option, that's right. Get the pout- poutine and gravy. Oh yeah, that is amazing. Uh, have you ever been to Japan? No, I've never been to Japan. Because Digital Tribe wanted to know where your favorite place is um, to buy camera gear. Because obviously from Japan, yeah, yeah, eBay, uh, eBay is a great shop. Um, and Japan Camera Hunter too. Yeah, like I think he kicks around. He some does. Stuff. Yeah, if you like stuff. to play like pay top dollar. Yeah, because he has like a finder's fee, right? Yeah, yeah. He see he if you ask him to find you something, he's very straight up about it. He's like, you're gonna pay for it. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. be lots of money. But I will find you the best one possible. You know? I think that was pretty much what he said to me. Yeah. I wanted a really basic. I think it was when I was looking for my RZ. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, hey, man, looking for an RZ67. It's pretty common. He's like, yeah, it's, even though it's common, you're going to pay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pretty much just said straight up. He's honest about live. it. Yeah, yeah, he's honest. He's like, I'll charge you top dollar, but it will be mint. It yeah. will be mint. But yeah, you'll pay for it. Yeah, if you go there, you need to go to um, Lemon Camera. Is that right? Yeah, I reckon that's the best place because there's like Map Camera and there's all these other ones. But Lemon Camera, all of them are on consignment. So some people that put their cameras in there have a ridiculous idea of what they're going to get for it. But some of them have no idea what they're going to get for it and they're really reasonably priced. And so at least there's not like a company setting those sort of price points. Plus there's shitloads of them. So if you want like a Bronica or something, there's like 10 of them. Yeah, right. your choices for quality are like really scales there. That's cool. Yeah, it's so good. I think you'd love Japan, dude. Yeah. Let's change the topic because I'm never going to make it there. So what do you mean? <laughs> you guys can make it there. Next uh, cycle. Yeah. Mm. Just go like, uh, look, I'll continue to play bass if yeah. we tour there. Next yeah, they'll, they'll be like, cool, man. We got um, Brady from Genies is coming in. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> well, they're, they're going to Southeast Asia again um, next cycle, maybe I think. Maybe that's my in. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should go like, oh, hey, you guys want to swap for yeah. like one cycle? <laughs> um, what's your favorite movie and why? Asked by Eden underscore 999. Well, Eden underscore 999. My favorite uh, movie is The Big Lebowski. Oh, good one. Yeah, it's the do best. Do you like bowling? I do love bowling. Yeah, yeah. I love bowling. Uh, I love Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I, I love everything about that movie. The way it's shot, the yeah, absolutely everything. Was that shot on film, or am I just thinking? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I love that like warmth you can see. Yeah, it's beautiful on it's that stuff. Really nice. Eden nine 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 was a bit of a cheeky bugger, and they asked, "Do you, they put two questions side by side in oh, the nice. one message?" I like that. Yeah, it's yep. a good technique. Um, do you have a lot to do with Soho's music video, album art, or artistic direction being sort of a visual? I, I say yes sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes I just miss the emails and don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do we 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 normally we normally get together and drink a bunch of beers and talk about ideas and yeah, we come we most of the stuff come we come up together, come up with together, you know. So something that jumped to mind was when you did the like soda cover before it had a cover and you had the uh you burnt the stereo yeah 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 and then i think another band decided to do something very similar yeah yeah maybe six months after yeah they did that <laughs> very 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 similar yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I still want to put the photos over the top of each other and just see that they're probably even the same boombox um yeah i'm pretty sure they are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're a cheeky bugger. They're more cheeky buggers than Eden 999. Yeah. Um, don't go outside. 
not a good username for um, you considering you spend so much time outside. How do you deal with the horrific expense of paying to get film developed? Well, I don't pay to get it developed. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, true. I do it myself. Um, but, um, yeah, I guess it's, I don't know. It's That's a hard one. It does cost to sh- shoot film, which is one of the reasons why I, I decided to move to film was because it cost me to shoot, so it restricted what I shot. I couldn't spend days shooting ants crawling on the dirt and wasting all my time. You know, I had to use film to restrict what I did and so I was more more productive with my time. And But um, I do things like I bulk load my own film. So I buy 100 feet of film and I have, I have like my own film canisters. So I, I load my own film so I save money on my like initially buying the film and um and then sometimes i go and um try and help out at racket <laughs> yeah well, i was gonna so, say brisbane has really made a comeback yeah with um you know being able to develop <coughs> film because we had photo fast for a bit yeah and i think that's still kicking yeah, but they moved out to indrapilly yep i think and now racket is in west end right yeah that's right yeah so i go and try and convince them to let me sweep their floors or man their front counter or something so that be like, hey, and while I'm here, you reckon you could try and maybe Go sweep. in in the morning, yeah. drop some banana yeah, yeah. peels around the place. Yeah, and yeah. Go, oh, you need oh, and, to- and you guys need a better cleaner <laughs> yeah. while I'm here. Yeah. I don't want to be employed permanently, but how about I just come in when there's some yeah, peels I'll, I'll sweep these peels up and you guys develop my film for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think um, – we were both using ProLab for a bit, I think, and they were stinging me like 25 bucks for just develop only for slide film. Yeah, they sting you with attitude and, and price. <laughs> oh, yes. I'll never forget the day uh, the FPOS machine asked me, do you want a customer copy? I'm the customer and I said no, but they were very upset that I didn't take a customer <laughs> copy. They said, who are you to make that decision? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm the customer. Yeah, no, they um, they got some attitude. Yeah, so I, I great, think... Great, great. They do a great job, though. Oh, they, they do a premium job. They do a premium job for a premium price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's that J- Japan camera hunter. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least he's up front with it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas they just go like, nah, who are you? Get too out bad. of our store. We're the best, too bad. And they don't have an extractive fan either, I swear. It always stinks like chemicals in there, like someone's just... Maybe that's why they get grumpy. Yeah. Because they're all just high <laughs> as a kite. <laughs> <laughs> Malibu Stacy. Uh, I guess a Simpsons fan wanted to know what advice do you have for poor people wanting to get started with film photography? Get a job. (laughs) (laughs) Sweep some floors. Sweep some floors. Um, You know, uh, plenty of criminals that have made um, heaps of money, you know. um, Go risk it to get the biscuit. Steal a camera. (laughs) Go punch out someone at Ted's and steal all their film. (laughs) No, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Um, I don't know. That bit out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> edit that one. Um, <laughs> no, um, I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's hard. Film costs money, and um, you got to work for any anything that anything that's good generally doesn't come for free. <laughs> yeah, you know. So um, you got to work for it, and just like anyone else, you know, got to if you want something, you got to bust your ass to get it. So that's what I try and do. <laughs> Make it feel more valuable. Yeah, like that's right. As well, that's right. right. Or devastatingly saddening when you get your blank roll of film back. <laughs> no! I'm throwing the lens cap away. Yeah, that's it. God damn it. I'm done. I'm out. 
<laughs> and one last question, and I won't tell you who it's from, uh, but they want to know how many cameras is enough cameras? Ooh, well, you could ask my wife that question. She'll give you a very straight She's answer. She's the one asking you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So never, enough, never enough, man. Never enough. <laughs> All righty, man. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Do you have anything um, coming up that you want to sort of push, you want to plug? Yeah, well, we got the um, Laneway exhibition that's coming up again this year and you're a part of it, which is going to be awesome. Yes, I am. I wasn't sure if we could say anything yeah, yet. But. Yeah, no, so Print Fest at uh, this year's Laneway, which is uh, like a collaborative exhibition with uh, Will Kelly, who's a cartoonist from uh, Brisbane, and he's got a whole bunch of awesome cartoonists that are uh, showcasing a bunch of their work. And then uh, I'm doing a, a exhibition of Australian live music photographers. We've got yourself and um, Charlene Cameron and uh, Charlie Hardy, McClay Herrett and Zoe oh, Damage. That, so, that is a sick lineup. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. They're so, all amazing. Yeah, and the photos they've submitted are going to be rad. Awesome. So yeah, I've built a got Sandy um, Darling who does a bunch of um, like set design and stuff like that. She's helping me build a arcade machine. She did the set design for those that don't know for the uh, Christmas shows at Mansfield Tavern. That's right. She also did the uh, last uh, Greats tour as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, so she's helping me build a arcade machine which is going to have a video piece about the photographers um, on that and then there'll be a bunch of prints up and stuff so if you're at laneway come check that out which would be awesome do you know where it's going to be yet uh it's going to be i can't remember the name of the room but it's uh when you go through the tunnel okay like, yeah i'll put in the show notes like yeah. when we know specific details yeah but it's yeah. gonna be cool yeah yeah awesome i'm really hyped to um see that i guess i should probably figure out who i'm gonna shoot on that lineup <laughs> so i can go see it myself <laughs> but yeah if you're coming down um what, what, how often will you be there? You're going to be there a couple of days, maybe? Oh, well, it's just the Brisbane one. I'll just be there the You're whole time. You're going to be, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. Yep. Man, like, brains are fried. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's wrap this up. Thanks so much again, man. I appreciate right. it. Thanks for having me, man. So that's right. That's Luke Henry there. Print Fest at Laneway 2019, exclusive to Brisbane, exclusive to the Brisbane Laneway. And that's a cute hometown moment for us. There's some, zine creators as well that are going to be there there's some comic book stuff happening as part of print fest as well if you want to check it out if you're going to laneway it's in the railway tunnel gallery from 11:30 a.m to 5:30 p.m which gives you time to then get to skeggs and it's on the 2nd of february is the brisbane date in case you're not sure which date the brisbane date is it's the 2nd of february which is next saturday there's some other great photographers displaying alongside me as well as part of Print Fest. You got Zoe Damage, Charlie Hardy, Charlene Cameron, and McClay Harriet. Huge. McClay Harriet does all Portugal Le Man stuff. If you like Portugal Le Man, I love Portugal Le Man. One of my favorite albums is Evil Friends by Portugal Le Man. McClay Harriet does it. So he's he's a sick dude. Charlene is at like every gig that I go to. She's a legend. Charlie Hardy does awesome film stuff. Like you should check his film stuff out. Maybe I should talk to him as well on this podcast. I should talk to all these guys. They're amazing. And Zoe Damage, I haven't met before, checked her workout the other day. Amazing. Loved it. Each of us have two 
you know, huge AO photo prints that Henry has organized. And I won't say which two mine are, but one Luke Henry picked, it's his choice. And the other one is uh, the print that was selling most on my web store. So I won't tell you what they are, but come and check them out. Check out the other photographers. Luke Henry has put in so much work into this and I don't want to spoil it all, but man, this guy is creative. I can't sing enough praise about him. Dude's a legend. But thanks to everyone who's sent in questions for this podcast for me to ask Henry. Thanks, Henry, for taking the time to share your wisdom on film photography. Thank you, thank you, man. And I'll see everyone at Henry's Exhibition Gallery at Laneway Fest in Brisbane in the Railway Tunnel Gallery from 11.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Be there or be square. See you next step.